Hello, my name is Anna and I'm welcoming you to my podcast about students' life, the students' voice. Um, well, this is not actually my podcast, this is Elena's podcast, but um, today we wanted to make a special edition um, and today I will be the host of this podcast and the, the guest is actually Elena. Well, actually, sorry for my English. My English may not be perfect, um, but I'd like to make it perfect if, if possible. And uh, I don't know, I hope that you will all enjoy this podcast. And today we will actually talk about uh, foreign languages. So now welcome here, Elena. Hi, everyone, and thank you very much for inviting me. It's actually the first time when I do <laughs> like a more official <laughs> interview. Um, and I actually think that you are a good host. You made the um, natural introduction. Thank you, I suppose. Let's start with something that inspires you. What makes you more productive and happier? Well, this is actually a good question. I I don't know. I I just tried to do some research on this and um actually I made it this I made this podcast because um, I didn't know how other people I don't know could be always inspired and motivated to do things and sometimes I felt like lost because I didn't know how to start I didn't know how to organize myself and I just wanted to you know to be encouraged by other people and um, I don't know I tried for example to surround myself um by things that could motivate me or i don't know i just did some research and um you know i as everyone i found some tips and tricks for i don't know for gaining motivation and um you know i just try to for example i don't know i i can give you an example um to answer your question i just tried to you know organize my day or i just tried to well i don't know if this answers the question but i just tried to organize my day and to feel like oh i'm just um the, like those people who you know achieve something just and no, it made me feel like I had control over things if I organized my day. And uh, well, <laughs> this may may sound sorry, may sound really strange, but what actually, if you ask me about inspiration while studying, um, what inspired me a lot, uh, or what motivated me was having a pleasant environment or change changing changing sorry your environments almost all the time and it may sound as i said strange but i like to have like a really 
good space to study. I like to have, you know, <laughs> colored paper or pens, you know. It's like, you know, in this way, you make your experience more enjoyable. And I think that you should try to be optimistic and cheer you up every day. And, um, you know, just cheer you up every day with small little things. For example, oh, this paper, well, this may sound a bit strange, but, you know, oh, today I'm going to write on yellow paper. It looks so, I don't know, so bright, so good. And, you know, in this way, you will feel like the stuff that you had to learn is easier than you thought and because you asked uh, i know you didn't say uh, like you didn't say about which inspiration you were talking about like i didn't know if you meant um inspiration for school or inspiration for other things but if i think about um getting inspired uh for doing other things um like for example i don't know cooking um doing sports or i don't know writing reading um i just try to think about what's my long-term goal like for example my long-term goal is to be in good health or my long-term goal is to I know to enrich my mind with as many books as possible. So I'll try to, I know I will just motivate myself to accomplish this um, long-term goal. And as I've already told you, um, I think that the environment where you do something is very important. Um, well, it depends on the person, but I think that, um, you know, that if there is a pleasant smell in your room or if you are surrounded by flowers or, I don't know, you are listening to some calming music, it may help you to focus better. Could you tell us more about your background? Um, well, I was born in a city called Brasov in Romania. It's actually a city near the mountains. Um, and until I know, until my 19 years old, I lived in Romania. And then I moved to France for my studies because I liked French culture and I liked French language. Um, and I did a bachelor degree in Norwegian and Dutch language in France. And now I'm doing a master's degree in Dutch language in France. Could you tell us more about your studies? So during my bachelor degree, I learned those languages, like I learned Norwegian and Dutch language. And we also had courses about um, the history, the literature and the culture of these countries. Um, and during my master's degree, um, we are doing pretty much the same, but um, now we are not really learning. It's not more like 
um, doing research on different topics for every subject. And, you know, some, I don't know, it was also the case during my bachelor degree and also during my master's degree like some courses are more general um like you know talking about um cultures in general interculturality or um i don't know linguistics while some courses are more specific like um i don't know novels and that's literature or or norwegian literature or history etc what do you like in particular about this field uh well i remember that since i was a child i was passionate about uh literature and language in general i remember that i knew how to read before going to school just reading advertisements on the street with my grandma and um even if i was a rather shy person um i just like to write and i had a very vivid imagination and I also like to talk, um, to you know, just to find the the good words for something. Um, and I remember that at first I wanted to be remain a teacher, like teaching, um, Romanian literature in high school. And then I thought, okay, but I also like languages, like English, French, uh, Spanish. I learned Spanish. Um, by myself and I just thought okay so maybe I could do what I like like talking uh, writing reading in other languages and in this way you also like if you read something in a certain language you also um, enrich your vocabulary in that language and you actually learn that language um, and then I decided to do I don't know a bachelor degree in some new languages and since for example um i already knew french uh, and spanish and i didn't really want to even if it it is easier for a romanian native speaker i didn't not i did not really want to um learn again romance languages because i think that they are mostly accessible and i wanted to see something more special um and i always liked how german sounds but the problem with German was that I didn't do German classes in high school. And basically, almost I think that almost every university in France and also in Romania um, will ask you to already know some German before starting the, the bachelor degree in German language. So this was a problem. And then I just did some research on internet and i've seen okay so there are also other uh, germanic languages that sound like german and these are scandinavian languages and that language and i just tried to listen a bit to those languages and i like them and then i i must choose between uh, danish Swedish and Norwegian and I listened to these languages with like having no idea what they were saying um, 
And I thought, okay, so Norwegian sounds more beautiful to me than the other ones. I felt like Norwegian is more musical than the other ones. I don't know why. And then I just discovered that actually um, German has a lot in common with those languages. Um, and yes, this was pretty much the way in which I choose those languages. And I also liked, uh, to be honest, um, to read novels. And um, I don't know, at first, when I started my bachelor degree, I didn't have a lot of knowledge on history, for example, and politics, because I, in high school, I was in a computer science class and we didn't have very much, um, we didn't have a lot of history classes. Um, and I can't say that I really like history. I like more culture in general, and I like more literature to be honest like i feel like history and politics like in history and politics of certain country um so when studying the history and the politics of a center of a certain country um you don't i don't know you don't have the same and you don't have feelings like literature and i don't know i just find this sincerity um subjectivity and literature very interesting and i just feel like i am that kind of person that um really i don't know wants to um know how other people um would behave like characters in a novel and um, a person that really wants to know what other people really think and i think that literature is um how should i say is more sincere than uh, more honest than other fields. Like, you just have to understand the feelings of these characters. If you don't have, or if you don't, I don't know, sometimes you are not capable to understand their feelings. But it's still interesting to imagine how these characters I know, relate to certain aspects of life, how those characters think. And I actually think that um, in school we are not thought a lot about um, how to understand our emotions and how to deal with our emotions. Um, and this is why most of people don't have emotional intelligence. Like they don't know all the colors of a certain emotion or they don't know how to express their emotion or they don't know how to find the perfect words to express a certain emotion. Um, and I think that emotions, I don't know, just having this kind of understanding and having this kind of empathy um, helps us build better relationships with the others and also stronger relationships with the others. Um, like being aware of our emotions can help us talk about feelings more clearly, avoid or resolve conflicts better, and you know just move past difficult feelings more easily, and um, you know just understand other people more easily. And to be honest, the most beautiful thing is to truly connect with other people, to truly understand other people. And this is what happens in literature. Like, you can't, uh, 
I don't know, you can't read something. Uh, I mean, you can't read someone's feelings or someone's thoughts without building up some sort of closeness with that person or with that character. What should everyone know about your field of study? I know that I know nothing and other people should also know nothing, says someone. Um, I think that people, um, I don't know, they if they want to do the same, they should know that um, learning languages is a lot about, um, you know, spending time to listen to, the, to that language or to read in that language in your free time. Um, and, you know, there is always, like, there are always words that you don't know. And you have to do... I don't know, some work to write this, those words down and just translate them and just try to, you know, and then just try to use that words in a certain real context when you talk. Um, but is, but I, I don't know, you have to be industrious, I think. And moreover, I think that languages, um, as, I, as I've told you about literature, languages are a lot about contact. So speaking with other people, trying to practice reading. Reading is also a contact with other person. Um, listening to different things. So yeah, it's pretty much about people. And it's pretty much about people because people are the ones who talk in that language. What would you like to do later on? Um, well, to be honest, I'd like to be a teacher because I like contact, like real contact with other people. And, um, you know, I consider myself a person that's, um, you know, very close to younger people, especially to children, because I'm naturally um, childish and major at the same time. Like... Um, I like to do games, you know, and learning language with other other people or with children, for example. And at the same time, I want to teach them something interesting through those games. Like, I don't want to be this kind of teacher that just, um, you know, is doing like, oh, you should learn this, 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 this. I want to make my classes very fun. And I think that teaching a language really allows you to be, I don't know, to do fun things. Uh, like, I don't know, I'm just curious to know what's your favorite color? Uh, what's your favorite animal? Just, um, you know, just under the intention of uh, learning how to say animal or how to say color in another language. I, I just find it, uh, I don't know, fun. Are you passionate about research? Um, in which topics and why? If not, why not? Um, well, I can't say that I'm passionate about research. Um, I mean, I like to read and to find new things about a certain topic. But at the same time, I don't like just, um, you know, searching for a certain answer and not, you know, not having that answer or just you know, searching for a certain thing that suits my question, my research question. Um, I prefer more active things, to be honest. And, you know, I see reading as a form of 
um, relaxation as you know as a way of um, admiring some you know some sort of beauty not as a form of um, doing an inquiry in order to receive an answer uh, and there's research topics that I like. I like in general um, art history and literature. Um, these are actually my favorite topics. And I did my master's dissertation about um, the historical aspects of the letters of Vincent van Gogh. And this was actually a mix between um, history of the 19th century, um, sociology and art history. What are your research and studying tips and tricks? Um, well, when studying, I think that I like to use a lot of, like, um, when it's something complicated, I like to write those things down and to underline this with very, <laughs> with a lot of colored highlighters. Um, if it's something, you know, not very complicated i just like to read and read that thing a few times um and about research what are my what are my research tips and tricks um when doing research i think that it's very important to organize your research paper like knowing exactly um okay so this week i'm going to do my um, introduction. Next week I'm going to read two books and I think that um, what for example I learned when, doing my, when I was doing my research paper was that um, it's very important to organize your, like to have a neat biography, like knowing exactly what you should read and know, for example, these uh, my bibliography contains um, 10 books and I have, I don't know, two weeks. So I should uh, read five books per week, for example. How do you relax? Mm, listening to music, listening to podcasts, or if I have time, maybe reading and some poetry. Um, because I think, you know, when you have a lot of, I don't know, a lot of things to read for school, um, you don't really have time to start a novel. So I think that in general, reading poetry uh, for fun is, uh, I don't know, it takes you less time than reading a novel besides school. So it's more accessible, in my opinion. Um, and yes, I think, you know, I, I've told you that I like to listen to music. Um, what I like to do in my free time is actually um collecting um how should i say like collecting songs like just um trying to find a set of songs that i may like every day and just uh you know gaining knowledge about music in general um and i also like to watch documentaries and since we talked about music i like uh in particular documentaries about art literature and music um yes Hmm. Also, maybe going out for a work or visiting a museum or an exposition or going to a, I don't know, to a film festival, for example. I also like to try new recipes and to take photos of beautiful things.
like the sunshine, the sky, um, a certain meal that I made. You talked about music. Could you tell us more about um, the music you are listening to, um, to what you find interesting about music? Um, so my favorite, I think it's my favorite singer at the moment, which I'm listening to quite frequently, is Day. I don't know how you pronounce her name. She's a Nigerian um, British singer. And her music is mostly what we call soul, R&B, or maybe coffee, jazz. Um, I don't know, but I could describe her music as being very elegant and calm. And also, um, you know, since we call this genre soul, uh, I don't know. I feel that this is this music is the music of the of the soul. Like you just feel. I don't know how she feels about. Um, you know how she feels about love, for example. I would actually describe today's music as seductive, feminine, uh, sophisticated, sensitive. Well, the book I'm reading now is a novel called Identity by uh, the Franco-Czech writer Milian Kundera. Um, and how I arrived to reading this book, um, I listened to a podcast about the fact that uh, in Romania, even if we are, I don't know, in Eastern Europe, we, if someone randomly asks us about uh, Eastern European literature, we don't know many authors from the other Eastern European countries. And this is a shame because we are geographically very close to these people. We are geographically, sorry, close to these people. Um, and it's really interesting to also pay attention to languages or yeah, to literatures in languages that are not very popular as French, English, Spanish. Um, and the person uh, talking about different, uh, you know, famous Eastern European writers as uh, Olga Tokarczuk, for example, um, she mentioned Milan Kundera. And I didn't know who was Milan Kundera. And then um, I thought, okay, I've never read a book written by um, 
or maybe yes, yes, I actually read a book written by a Czech writer, uh, but I never read a more modern novel by a Czech uh, writer. I remember that I read uh, the, the War of the Salamanders by Karol Schopek. Um, and, you know, when I read um, about Kyundera, I found it interesting that he has an, a rather unique style of narrating the story and I I know identity actually like his novel that I'm reading um, tackles a rather philosophical question with casual characters I'd say um, this is actually a book about identity as the title says um, and this story is about uh, two people like two lovers um, the woman is called Chantal and the man is called Jean-Marc. Uh, and it's about, um, you know, how, I don't know, those two lovers see each other and how their identities, how their person changes over time and how, um, you know, the other lover sees those changes and the character of the other. So I think that the central question of this novel is um, can we actually know the person we love even if we are sharing physically, like, yeah, physically we are sharing everything with this person? Um, I think that the answer is that we can't really fully know a person. Um, and this is also because we... I don't know, because some people just keep some sides of themselves secret. And this is also because our identity changes over time. Um, and what Kendera says, um, yeah, I'm there indirectly says and directly says um, in this novel is that one's identity depends on people around him. Um, and, you know, I will give you an example for that. Um, once uh, Chantal, like the woman, um, she works. She yeah, she works on the beach. Uh, there is a crowd of men on the beach, and you know she's upset because those men didn't look at her. Like those men weren't attracted to her. They didn't know. They yeah, they did like they didn't notice her, and she's very upset. Um. And, you know, um, it feels like, you know, Chantal wants to be desired by those men on the page. Like, she wants to be desired by an anonymous mass of people. And it's like um, the anonymous mass of people are giving a certain identity to Chantal and Chantal is upset because those people say nothing in herself. And this is actually an example of how identity depends on people around. Some people, as the as that crowd of men on the beach, um, saw Chantal as someone I know that they wouldn't notice. Like um, I know they saw her as an unnoticeable person. Like um, she had no identity. 
um, through the eyes of those men on the page. And I, I think that this novel is actually very complex. We don't really understand, um, I know, what happens in that novel. And there is also a sense of boredom because, um, you know, it seems like this lovers no more admire each other. It seems like, you know, they are... Um, you know, their love is like, um, okay, so I am already used to you. I can't see something new in you. I can't see a new identity in you. And there is also something very strange that happens in that novel. Um, Chantal receives um, anonymous love letters from a certain man. And, you know, it seems like when she receives those letters, she no longer cares about uh, how Jean-Marc feels for her. Um, it seems like she no longer cares about the fact that uh, Jean-Marc loves her. And um, at the end of the story, we see that the letters, the anonymous letters, were actually this were actually sent by her lover, Jean-Marc, um, under you know under this anonymous veil. And Jean-Marc is actually upset that um, the woman, in the same like Chantal, the woman in the in the same way that she cared about what. Uh, that she cared if the crowd uh, found her attractive or not. Um, she also cared about the compliments of someone anonymous more about than caring about the compliments of Jean-Marc. Or she, I don't know, or uh, how should I explain that? Like, she cared more about the appreciation or about the fact that the other ones, like the anonymous crowd, the anonymous people, an anonymous, an anonymous man lied her than uh, caring about her actual lover. Even if many people consider this novel as being a bit strange because it treats a very complicated things such as the identity and uh, the language is also a bit uh, no, complicated, I find exactly the language very beautiful. And I will give you an example of the beauty of the language in this novel and also, I know, in literature in general. However much he may tell her he loves her and thinks her beautiful. His loving gaze could never console her, because the gaze of love is the gaze that isolates. Jean-Marc thought about the loving solitude of two old persons becoming become invisible to other people. A sad solitude that prefigures death. No, what she need, what she needs is not having is not a loving gaze, but a flood of alien, crude, lustful looks settling on her with no good will, no discrimination, no tenderness or politeness, settling on her faithfully, inescapably. Those are the looks that sustain her within human society. The gaze of love lit rips her out of it 
Um, well, this is actually a quote that talks exactly about what I've told you. Um, is the fact that Chantal cares more about how society perceives her as, for example, a beautiful woman, as an attractive woman, and she no longer cares about how much uh, Jean-Marc loves her. And it seems like she wants to be desirable, and to be desirable uh, means to appeal to the eyes of the crowd. And this is why the novel says the guise of love isolates you once you are loved by someone, you are exclusive to that someone, and it seems like you are no longer desirable for other men. And this also speaks about um, how she sees being a woman or how she sees femininity. Um, like being a woman or being feminine is for her being desirable for other men, being seen as attractive by the eyes of the crowd. And, you know, in this way, it's like um, she's trying to keep her position in society. Like her job or her role as a woman in society is to be admired. Thank you very much. I really hope that uh, our listeners will enjoy this podcast. Um, I really liked it. Thank you. Thank you too for being my host and uh, thanks to our listeners. Bye. Bye. You listened to the student's voice. Thanks for listening and I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Don't hesitate to follow me on social media in order to catch with the next episode. Bye.